Good morning. Good morning to everyone online. It is a different kind of Christmas. Todd, if you want to move my slide forward for me. Everything feels just a little bit backwards and upside down. And when we got the notification this week that we would be sliding back into some restrictions, and I was listening to the premier talk, I was just waiting for him to say that the churches would be closed. And I'm grateful that today we're able to be here. There's a small crowd here. I'm more grateful that we're able to meet online and still be together. I think God is good. All the things that he has done for us and all the things that are happening around us give me this sense of hope. But it's a disorienting time. And Karen and I were talking this week about this isn't our first disorienting Christmas. We were talking about our first year in the field and we were disconnected from family and we did not know many people and we were just struck then and now how much Advent rooted us in a sense of memory, in a sense of custom, in a sense of family and belonging. And it helped reorient us during a time of incredible disruption. I think we're there now as we come into this first Sunday of Advent where we are celebrating a sense of hope. And not just hope as in, I hope I win the lottery, or I hope I get that job, or I hope she says yes when I ask her to marry me. She did, by the way. But an eternal hope that takes all of the disorienting times that we live in our lives and sets them through and sets them on a different journey. I remember another disorienting time in my life. It was my first class in seminary, and it was Old Testament survey. And I had to read the Old Testament in 30 days. I recommend you do that. It completely changed my understanding of the trajectory of the story. But this particular program was something that was called Theology in the Arts. And you had the option of of taking one of your papers and replacing it with some artistic endeavor. Now, this was my first class, and I thought, not having to write a paper and getting to do some art project, that seems pretty reasonable. But see, I didn't remember that I am not artistic. In fact, I don't have an artistic bone in my body And I rely heavily on Todd's eye for just about everything when it comes to something we're doing for the church, including whether or not that light should be on or off. The poor guy this morning had me asking him that today. And so I had to write a poem. Now, if you've ever had to write a poem, it's not easy. In fact, it was utterly futile having me write a poem. 
And that led me on a journey and a discovery of what has become my favorite book in the Bible, and that is Ecclesiastes. And I don't have the poem with me today. Maybe I'll read it for you one day. But in essence, it says that basically writing a poem is futile. And that was my poem. And I got an A. But today, we live inside this tension that exists between what we want, what we hope for, now and eternally, and the reality that we live in, in a disrupted time. And I think the words of Ecclesiastes, which in itself isn't the most traditional passage to preach from during Advent, but this is a different kind of Christmas. And I think we need a different kind of story. The teacher says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on all of us. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded that there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor. For these are the gifts from God. A time for everything. The narrator, the, the writer, is basically talking about all of life from birth to death. And life is hopelessly complex and is deeply challenging. And yet we try to simplify it so often. And I think what Quoheleth, which is what we call the preacher. He's saying that there is a time for everything in life and it is ordained by God. And right now, we're in that time where we are forced to scatter. We're forced to stop searching. We're forced to be quiet. We're forced to refrain from embracing. It feels desolate. We live 
between these times, and they are difficult. It's a time to hate. I hate this. It's a righteous hatred. I think it's okay. But I think it's fair to say it's a time to hate. You see, God has put eternity in our hearts. And yet, like Kohilath, we can't see what's going to happen. We live in that tension constantly. It's called this particular passage where he talks about embracing this philosophy of embracing life and do your best just to enjoy it. They're called the carpe diem passages. Seize the day. I don't know if you remember Dead Poets Society and the teachers standing there with all the boys up against the glass looking at the pictures. And he, he comes up behind them and he whispers in their ear in kind of an odd way, Seize the day. Seize the day, boys. Now is the time. Embrace. And I think Wohila's philosophy is that we should seize the day. Because there is an appropriate response to the reality of our times because they are beyond our control and they lie in the hands of God. So we should cease worrying about all of these things and we should seize the day and concentrate on living out life as best we can in the moments that God has given to us, as painful as they can be. But there does remain a sense of fatalism in his words because his theology says, enjoy what God has given you and then die. And sometimes it's tough to reconcile that this is in our scriptures. And I think the world sometimes feels this. They feel this futility of life. Gather all this stuff as best we can and then die. Because there's nothing in this fallen world that will give us ultimate satisfaction and we know it in the depths of our heart. And I don't think God ever intended us to get satisfaction from the things of this world. Kohilath continues and says, and I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before, and what will happen in the future has happened before, because God makes the same things happen over and over again. And sometimes we can feel that monotony of life. And I noticed that under the sun there is evil in the courtroom. Yes, even the courts of law are corrupt. And I said to myself, in due season, God will judge everyone, both good and bad, for all their deeds. And I also thought about the human condition, how God proves to people that they are like animals. For people and animals share the same fate, both breathe and both must die. 
so people have no real advantage over the animals. How meaningless. But both go to the same place. They came from dust, and to dust they will return. For who can prove that the human spirit goes up and the spirit of animals go down into the earth? So I saw that there is nothing better for people than to be happy in their work. That is our lot in life. And no one can bring us back to see what happens after we die. The absurd inevitability of what life brings. Human frailty. And it may well be that the wealthy and powerful escape justice because they often control the system. And it may be that such circumstances in which we live, for those of us with fewer financial means or less power, often fail to achieve that justice. And that is the reality in which we live right now with COVID. Who's going to get a vaccine? Who isn't going to get a vaccine? Whose business stays open? Whose business closes? Who gets to see their family? Who doesn't get to see their family? And it doesn't quite seem fair because you and I both know the wealthy will get away with breaking the rules. And it makes us angry because it's a time to hate. But isn't this Advent, Duane? Isn't this message supposed to be about hope? You're preaching from Ecclesiastes. You're talking about the broken reality of life. Where is the good news? You see, even Quahelith could see that our purpose in this monotony, in this futility, was to fear God and obey Him even in this fallen and frequently confusing and frustrating world. But it gets better. Jesus gives us a new perspective. Jesus is the climactic end. And we have a post-resurrection vantage point. Because unlike Quahelith, we have the cross. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. Do you hear that? Do you hear his words today? That it doesn't matter that there's COVID. It doesn't matter that we can see only a limited scope. It doesn't matter that we can't be with our friends and our families because Jesus has changed the end game entirely. We get to see through the cross how everything is different. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives life for his sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. I am. I am. I am. Invoking the very name of God that was given to Moses, Jesus applies this to himself and changes everything. And if you don't have goosebumps right now, you're dead. Do you get it? Jesus changes everything. In Christ, we can remain hopeful while we live in this fallen and frequently confusing and frustrating world. We can read the passages written by Kohilath and we can say, but Jesus. And we can live inside that hope eternal. You see, God planted eternity in our hearts. For Kohilath, this seemed to be a sense of futility, but for us in Christ, it brings us a deep sense of hope because we know this isn't it and this isn't the end. Do you feel this hope? Do you see how the coming of the Christ child has make, made this a different kind of Christmas? I want to encourage you to take this Advent season and look deeply at your own life. What does God want you to do different this year? What do you need to eject from your life? What habits do you need to embrace this season? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Seize this season. Like Quahileth, we can take life by the ears and look it straight in the eyes. But unlike Quahileth, we can smile while we do so because we are no longer bound up in the fear and the, and the sense of futility because life in Jesus is wonderfully filled with hope. Do you feel that hope today? Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would help us to sense your presence. That we would feel deep in our bones the hope eternal that your son brought with him that first Christmas morning. And Lord, so often we see the world as Kohilath sees it. Father, help us to see it as Jesus does. May we seize the day. May we look to you for our eternal hope. And Father, in this season that is disorienting, with all of the sense of loss, of things being scattered, of death, of hate, of disruption, a time we can't even embrace one another. Lord, help us to remember that none of it is out of your hands. 
and that you've ordained this time for us. So help us to look to you. Help us to embrace your son. That no law can prevent us from doing. Help us to hope eternal. Amen.